Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath March 4th, we look at Lesson 9, Beware of Covetousness. Together, let's see the biblical roadmap God has in store for us to deal with the lust of materialism. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Michael. This is week nine, lesson nine, Beware of Covetousness. And our memory text... Yeah, it is. (laughs) Our memory text is coming from Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Absolutely. I mean, this is just kind of getting at the heart of, you know, our human nature and everything else. And I think we're going to just dive more into that. But uh, yeah, what, what is it? What is our characters and what really matters? Yeah, you know, uh, I like this beginning line here, which is the definition of covetousness. Uh, it says it's been defined as an inordinate desire for wealth or possessions that don't really belong to you. And so with that in mind, Michael, tell us about the ultimate original sin. Yeah, absolutely. So this kind of goes back to a couple of, of key texts. I'm not going to read all of them, but I, I do want to highlight at least a, a few of them here. And uh, the first one is is kind of really famous uh, because it kind of refers to well it does refer to uh, basically Lucifer and mm-hmm. his fall from heaven to become what we you know usually refer to as Satan or or uh, yeah and and so this is um, this is this text um, how Isaiah fourteen twelve to fourteen how you have fallen from heaven morning star son of the dawn you have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I'll send to heavens, I'll raise my throne above the stars, I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly. Verse 14, I'll ascend above the tops of the clouds, I will make myself like the most high. And so this is often, you know, had a, an immediate context with the prophet Isaiah in ancient Israel, but but more specifically, where it's usually referred to is this more uh, larger uh, prophetic uh, interpretive understanding referring to Lucifer, that covering cherub that was all the way back in heaven before there was sin. And where did sin come from? And it was this idea of of wanting to exalt oneself. Uh, and to exalt oneself, um, I mean, this is just how how often it is, right? To build oneself up, you tear somebody else down, right? That's this, right. this fundamental concept of what sin is. And so uh yeah uh lucifer questioning the character of god and wanting to exalt himself into the place of 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 uh into the to the godhead himself and saw himself as deserving of that um not being appreciated whatever you want to call it however you want to describe it entitled prideful all of it right yeah all of it and it but it's focused on self that's the bottom Mm -hmm. and in Ephesians, <clears throat> Pastor Paul talks about this, that you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person <laughs> has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And so the idea that that the, this, this whole notion of sin, of selfishness, of covetousness, whatever you want to call it, is antithetical. It's against the kingdom of heaven. And 
And so um, it, it just, the, the two don't go together. And, and I think this, you know, we're talking about stewardship. We're talking about, and, and stewardship is more than once money, although finances have been repeatedly referred to throughout this quarter, um, but, but stewardship of our lives, our characters. And, and really what we're talking about is, is uh, covetousness. Are, are we, how are we living our lives to what mm-hmm. purpose, to what end? Right. Right. And, and, here we're being reminded that the the kingdom of God of heaven is uh, is is one that values selflessness. You know, giving there of oneself and serving, surrendering, um, that sort of thing, versus exalting oneself and pushing other oneself up or exalting or whatever else. And and that's that's the that's just the um, there could be no greater contrast than that. And and that's at the heart of what we're talking about this week with covetousness. Um, Cause I, I don't think it's very, you know, we can kind of, you know, it's even in the less a picture of a fancy car, right. You know, <laughs> what is that? You know, I mean, is, you know, some people may not even have a desire for a fancy car, you know, there's right, so many different right. things that, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, it could be cool. I, I don't know. To each his I, own. Right. Yeah. But but that's that's not necessarily. It, it's actually more basic than than some material object. It's it's what is your trajectory of your life, and um, and that's that's what we're talking about with this original sin. So, um, which brings up you know, uh, it's interesting. Take an interesting twist next uh, to this accursed thing in the camp. You know. Yeah, yeah. So this is talking about the children of Israel under Joshua's leadership which is under God's leadership. And so as we see uh, in Joshua six, they defeat Jericho. And then Joshua seven, they're up against this uh, smaller, you know, less formidable uh, group called uh, an I. And as they come there, uh, Michael, they're defeated horribly. And when they're trying to figure out why it's uh, stated here in Joshua seven, verse 11, Israel had sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them for they have even taken some of the cursed things and have stolen and deceived. And they also put it among their own stuff. And so this is uh, for those of you who have not heard the story before, this is the story of Achan. Uh, probably most of us here have, but Achan uh, was responsible for taking a bunch of things. And, but it, it, it says something very interesting here, Michael, it talks about when he was confronted uh, uh, Achan shared that he had coveted the things that Jericho had. Yeah. And it's saying that the root word there can be positive or negative. Uh, mm. It can mean greatly beloved, or it can also mean coveted, right? And so sure. if you look at it, what you were just sharing about self, um, mm. it's it's not wrong to like stuff but it's wrong for those things to be greatly beloved in our lives above our great love for God and our great love for people. Mm -hmm. The greatest resource in the entire universe are God's created beings. Those Mm -hmm. who he cares about, those who he took time to create and love. And for us to put stuff above people is where our hearts start going wrong. And so this accursed thing in the camp is, is not necessarily just them taking the things, but their great love for the things that they had taken, the mm-hmm. covetousness in their sure. own hearts. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it correlates to us as well, uh, mm-hmm. making sure that we're checking ourselves to see what is greatly beloved in our own lives. Is it others? Is it God? Is it our stuff? Whatever it might be. 
uh, making sure that we're channeling it to be towards God and not self, you know, because sometimes greatly beloved is ourselves and uh, we have to get rid of the idol of our, of our selfishness as well. And yeah. so Michael, that actually ties us into now the heart of Judas. Yeah. And as we kind of segue into that, I, one thought that's kind of striking in my mind and this is, I'm just trying to make this real, right. You know, um, in our, in our own lives and do it. Buster, you you know I I love old books and rare rare books stuff like that. And, I do, I do. And 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 I had something that went missing. I I, I can't explain it. I don't know how it happened, but but they yeah. did. You know? And um, I just had to get to the point where I realized um, that people are worth more than books, and relationships are more valuable, even though those are kind of important to me, right? You know, and all these things are going to kind of at the end. Um, all of this is going to, you know, although I would like to have some of these little, some of the treasures I had, but, but they went missing. And I, I can't explain all of it. It's kind of complicated and I don't want to get into all the details, but, but then, um, you know, I just decided I'm going to pray and surrender to God. And if God wants me to have them, it'll, things will work out. Turns out in the end that I'm not sure if they were just uh, misplaced or what happened, but they ended up coming back. And, you know, I just, it was a lesson to me to make sure and this is just something, you know, everybody has different things that they like. I just happen to like old things, collecting old things. So some of you that may listen, you you know me, you know, <laughs> I could collect old things. And and it just was a reminder. And I'm just trying to make it real, right? You know, that 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 relationships matter more than, you know, and I, I kind of, I like, you know, I'm a historian. I, I like old things. I like to collect old things. But, but even those things should never become more important than the people and the relationships around us. And that was just kind of something for me, just trying to keep, you know, make it, keep it real in, in my life. And, and, and it's possible we can make those objects into more, you know, uh, become more important than, and it doesn't matter what it is. It just right. happens. To be, that's what I like, you know, uh, it could be a fancy car. I'd rather have an old book. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, Michael, and I'll say this is a test of your, characters well you could have made a big hoopla when they went missing and you could have mm -hmm. ruined some relationships you could have made some accusations you could have done a lot of different things but you waited upon the lord you were patient mm -hmm. and you called upon him you you let it quietly be known and you know when, when the books came back you know like us like you said i don't want to get into it but uh your character sh uh, it, it was shining through as a result wow. of you being patient and waiting on the lord it was is prayerful discipline, and I'm I'm grateful for for friends and everything that has been supportive. But but yeah, you know, we just have to remember what what are we doing and why are we doing it at the end yes. of the day? You know, yep. are these you know, it's more than old Millerite or early whatever <laughs> whatever. It's, it's still talking about Jesus coming. We have to make sure we have our hearts right with Jesus. So, well, let's talk about Judas. Um, the heart of Judas, kind of a. Ah, it's a sad story. I, it is. One of the stories you just don't like talking about in Scripture if we don't have to. But and I guess it's good for us to be reminded of it. Um, and the version here, uh, John 12, verses 1 through 8 in the NIV. I can read the whole thing. I encourage our listeners, you know, check it out. Reread this as you're going through the lesson this week if you have a have a little time. But it's the story of... of um, uh, Jesus being at Martha's house and um, Mary comes with the, depending on your translation, a pint of pure nard is how the NIV puts it, but basically super, super expensive uh, perfume in a time and an age when 
perfumes had to go across, you know, through caravans and and extremely uh, expensive and valuable, right? And and she takes this and just extravagantly pours it on the feet of Jesus, wiping his feet with her hair, and everyone smells it. And, and Judas right away just indignant, you know how how could you waste this? Basically, it says the translation says he objected, right? He's he's upset. He doesn't. Like this. <laughs> it's like yeah. You know, he's kind of the treasure. He's looking at it and saying, you know, is that a good investment of of resources, of time? And yet uh, that is exactly what uh, what Mary did. And and um, in fact, he's even, you know, a year's wages, you know, I mean, and, and that is if we think about it, that is that is really extravagant. Right. I mean, that, right. Um, I don't spend a lot of lot of things that take a year's wages buster (laughs) um so so yeah that's that's a big purchase item here in a way and um and jesus verse seven key key focus here is leave her alone it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial but you will have the poor among you but you will not have me always and Mm. and so just you know generosity bespeaks generosity when you realize truly the gift of of christ and what he was doing and what his mission was and mary mary got that um and and by the way this act is is just repeatedly portrayed um as one of the the great stories throughout christian history the contributions of, of women um, in, in, in and around Jesus and the early Christian church and um, is showing showing how um, um, Jesus valued women um, and and uh, this this incredible this incredible gift and and, and how yes. she got it she got it she got the idea of what Jesus was about his mission his impending death crucifixion the the plan of salvation she certainly got it a lot more than the disciples got it that's <laughs> <laughs> true you know? and and then the women are the one ones who first are there at the resurrection i mean it's just incredible to see um see this but the contrast there with judas is is stark it's it's uh it's 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 dark and, and it's just sad it's, it's sad. very sad no so, and, and I guess we have another one of these uh, sad moments, Ananias and Sapphira Buster. Yeah. So uh, this is, Back to you. <laughs> this is a, a couple that uh, many of us, once again, have probably heard about before. Acts chapter five, uh, verses one through 11. Once again, as Michael shared, I won't read all of that, but uh, it asks this question. It says, what do you think was worse, holding back part of the money or lying about it? For those, you know, I'm not going to assume that everyone knows the story, but as you go back and as you read it, and uh, it's a, it's about a couple, and they sold all their possessions like everyone else was doing in Acts chapter 4, and after they sold all their possessions, they gave it to disciples or to apostles and said, here goes everything we have, but they didn't give everything, and they they lied about it, and they held it back, and as a result of it, the husband fell down. He died immediately. And then uh, I believe it was Peter who comes in and Peter comes in. It's like, he's like, Hey, uh, your husband is there. He's fallen asleep. And now you're about to join him. And she falls down immediately and they carry her out as well. And verse 11 is the thing that I want to to highlight. I think the the lesson uh, does it as well, Michael, I'm turning there now, Mm -hmm. Uh, but acts five verse 11 says, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
but I, I truly believe this, Michael, I, I, I did some research on this, but there was such a manifestation of the Holy Spirit poured out amongst wow. those early believers upon the early church that yeah. there were higher expectations. Uh, <laughs> you, you got to see and experience firsthand the healing, the uh, day of Pentecost. Like this was the manifestation of God being poured out fully. And here was someone who was trying to thwart that, who was a direct attack on the character of God of saying, this is okay. And the presence of God and where God is, there is holiness. And so this was a direct attack. And so therefore there was a standard lifted, lifted up and the standard is higher where the presence of God is. It just is. Uh, we, I think we believe this as well. Uh, it rains on the just and the unjust, but there's mm -hmm. also more correction upon the just, uh, right? Sure. Uh, those who yeah. know better, we're held accountable to the light that we're, that we've been shown. And so I, I don't want to get into whether it's worse, uh, holding back or lying, but I do want to get into, let's make sure that our hearts are where our mouths and our hands are, uh, sure. and repenting, Right. Uh, repentance is so important, and this is not what we saw. Ananias wanted in their story, right? I mean, right, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, please pray about this in our own lives and our own hearts. I'm not saying that any of us are just going to fall down dead, mm -hmm. uh, but I, oh, I do. <laughs> but the the text that you read from uh, Pastor yeah. Paul, right? Uh, those with hearts that are after their things, their possessions, more than the things of God, right? Uh, where, where it's going to be very difficult to make it to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and so, and it's not, it's not just about that. It's about bringing as many people along as possible as well. And so Michael finishes up with overcoming covetousness. Yeah, absolutely. So this, this is a great um, part of, of kind of, um, and, and I, I think it's important to understand because I think sometimes people see this as, um, you know, we're talking about covetousness and stuff like that. Um, and, and too often we deal with sin or covetousness or whatever it might be as sort of the symptom, like a tree. And if we could just pick off all the fruit on the tree, then <laughs> we, we would be perfect. Right. And that's very, that's a very good analogy. And, and, and God's like, you know, I want to go for the trunk. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm I, I want, I want to go for the roots. Yeah. The roots take yeah. it out. Right. Yeah. And, 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 cause it comes down to basically to cup, uh, to character. Right. So, yeah. Um, and, and so are our lives in alignment with God and, and I'm not saying that we're not going to experience and feel temptations, but, but covetousness, all these other kinds of things, um, God says, I, I just want your heart and surrender your heart to me and I'll take care of your needs and all of these other kinds of things. And so I, I think that's, that's kind of what, and I, I just want to leave that with our listeners so that you're not feeling like, oh, well, I kind of still do wish I had that fancy car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's wrong to think that thought, right. You know? Yeah. Um, there's a difference between thinking the thought and then suddenly becoming consumed and obsessed, right? There you go. And obsessed. then you start tearing other people down or, you know, doing, you know, to, to get some kind of objective so that then you, you know, I, I can exalt yourself over others. And that's, that's the spirit of where selfishness and, and that kind of thing ultimately leads. And that's, that's where the real problem is. So, um, surrendering and, um, so I, I would rather say surrendering rather than overcoming. I just think it's a little bit more um, in alignment how I understand. Um, I think overcoming, but I, I think I don't know how to say this in a good way. But, but you know, we we if it's focused on our works, you know, that I can I can do this versus hey I can do it yeah yeah versus overcoming being hey God I I need your help I need you um, I surrender my life to you. Anyways, you uh, Pastor Paul again. 
Corinthians, uh, the church in Corinth. Uh, so this is in the letter that is found in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to, to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So yeah. in other words, um, says God's faithful. Trust in God to take you through whatever challenges, temptations, whatever they might be, um, and and give your life to him again and again and again. I need to do it every day. That's what, as a Christians, we're called to do, to live, um, to put our hearts in harmony with with Christ. And so that's that's what I think overcoming really is all about. And it does have a couple of practical suggestions, you know, uh, talks about depending on God, um, surrendering, spending time in prayer, Amen. Bible study. Um, it's about communication, right? It Just is. Like relationship. Uh, we have to be able to slow down at least long enough so that we can listen and communicate, tell God what's on our hearts and minds and through his Holy Spirit, read the word of God and say, God, speak to me, be real to me, just as you were to those various people in scripture and Christian history through our past, um, through all of those experiences, be real in my life. And I need that right now. And right. We, we all do. We just have to, um, just about keeping it real. Yes. You know, all these things can be intellectual things and ac <laughs> acrobatic exercises in our minds, but God's calling us saying, Hey, you know, Michael, I need you and surrender yourself to me to be in alignment with the kingdom of God. Well, and, and it, I think it's very neat that you use that word alignment. Cause I feel like that's <laughs> where, where the, I don't know, the crux is, which is Lord help my character to align with yours. And there's only one way for the, for that to happen. Lord, help me to love the things that you love. Help me to hate the things that you hate. Yeah. Right. Uh, give me a heart after what you have a heart after. Mm -hmm. uh, give me the desire of what you have a desire for. And mm -hmm. when those things align, you know, it's like marriage. Uh, you, if your spouse has these goals and these ambitions and they're counter effective to yours, right? Uh, there's something that happens where you drift apart, where you grow apart. Yeah. But when yeah. you can come together and your, your goals and your ambitions, they line up and maybe not exactly or totally completely, but, but when you support each other in those things, mm. uh, that's what happens. But here, we're not just supporting God and his. We are surrendering and submitting to his because his is better. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think we've uh, covered a lot of territory and covetousness this week already. So I think so. I think so. <laughs> it was Michael. a very happy topic to talk about, but it turns out that, uh, you know, whatever, uh, back to whatever temptation we face, whatever trials, whatever problems and uh, to, to surrender our lives to God and be in alignment with him. So um, I think that puts a wrap for another week. So uh, without any further ado, um, we invite our listeners, keep uh, tuning in and yes. uh, each week. And uh, we love the feedback and uh, we're working on getting a couple special guests here very soon. And uh, until then, thanks for listening. This is Soup and Swoops signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. 
To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.